Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. They say never work with friends or family, but when your boss turns out to be your ex-girlfriend, maybe it's time for some nuclear revenge. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, friend's roommate was a huge jerk, so he made him move out. School years were not the best of times for lots of people. In fact, I dare say it's one of the worst times you'd face in your entire lifetime. College especially. And I'm not even talking about the massive amount of academic work we had to do, although that part makes up a solid 50% of the reason why most students dread school. Another solid problem with school is the amount of money you have to expend to actually get an education. Lots of people can't afford these exorbitant prices. And the only way they ever could hope to cope was to get part-time jobs, which sometimes have adverse effects on their education. I mean, come on, do you expect me to come home after an 8-hour shift to write a 25-page essay about criminal law? Come on! Now, I'm only listing out problems most people face in college, to give context to what I'm about to say next. With all I've said so far, I think it's obvious that college students face enough problems already and throwing jerk roommate into the mix is just overkill. My friend Mandy had a guy roommate one time before we became roommates and it was horrible. The guy was such a perverted jerk and when she couldn't take it anymore, we made him leave with the simple trick of making him look his worst fear in the eye, literally. But before all that, let's start with how it all began. I met Mandy during my second year summer break. I was a medicine student and after a year buried in schoolwork, I needed time to recalibrate myself and just chill. So when my roommate Dylan, a final year student of literature, invited me to his parents beach house in California, against all odds I said yes. I've never been to a beach house party up to that point. As a kid born and bred in Minnesota, my idea of a fun afternoon was cuddling up in my bedroom and watching Viking Super Bowl reruns while chowing down a bucket of hot wings. Anyways, we drove to California, and that first night, we just stayed in, playing some video games and chatting. The next day, we attended a house party hosted by my roommate's childhood friend Rick. We got there, and as soon as my roommate saw his British-accented friend, he turned into a whole nother person and he too started to speak with a British accent. It was really fun to watch. Eventually I had to step out for a while. I didn't have a long-lasting social battery, and every few hours I needed to take time for myself. I picked out a new bottle of beer and walked over to the porch. The beach looked really good from where I stood, so I had to take a closer look. Beer in hand, I stepped forward away from the blaring music coming from the house. I had to take off my shoes because it became uncomfortable to walk with your legs sinking into the sand. I refrained from getting too close to the water though. The waves looked really scary and I had this nagging feeling that I was going to fall and the water's current would pull me into the Pacific. I wasn't a really good swimmer so I could already picture my body washing up to a coast somewhere. I took a step back and turned to the side. Someone was sitting on the sand. 
I couldn't make out her features, but I could see that it was a girl. I contemplated walking over to talk to her, but before I could, my phone dinged. It was a text from Dylan. He was looking for me, so I picked up my shoes and started to walk back inside. As soon as I got back to the porch, I looked back and saw that the girl at the shore was coming up behind me. She was also walking back into the house. I smiled politely at her and walked in to find my friend. I met up with them in the kitchen and for some reason they looked really excited. I could tell that they were high on something. They passed me a plastic cup and told me to try the cocktail. I looked into the cup. It contained a bluish liquid and I knew at once that I wasn't going to drink it. There needed to be at least one not-so-drunk guy to drive back to Dylan's beach house. Before I could reject the drink, someone bumped into me from the side, making me stagger and spill my drink at the person who happened to be beside me. It was the same girl from the beach shore. She had on a white top and I had completely ruined it. I apologized quickly and started to look for a napkin to wipe off the liquid that was dripping from the edge of her shoulder. I couldn't find one, so I offered to give her my shirt, which she declined. I also offered to pay for the top, but she refused that too. She put her bottle of beer on the counter and walked out of the house. I felt really bad because I could tell that she was mad. It wasn't my fault, but still it was annoying that there was nothing I could do about it. A few days later though, I had to run to a convenience store to get some batteries for the TV remote. To my surprise, the cashier of the convenience store was the same girl on whom I had spilled my drink a few days ago. She didn't remember me at first, but when I explained the drink incident, she laughed and nodded. I apologized once again, but she waved me off. She told me it wasn't my fault and she was sorry she made a big deal out of it. She explained that she was having a really bad day that day and her ruined top just pushed her off the edge. Then I got the batteries I wanted and went back to the beach house. I spent two weeks in California before going back to spend the rest of the holiday with my parents. After six weeks in California, I went back to college. I had a few free days before the lectures started, and while Dylan wanted to spend that time in all the frat parties on campus, I wanted to chill at home. I had a new TV series I wanted to finish before school resumed, so that evening, I went to the convenience store close to campus, and to my surprise, I saw the same girl I bumped into in California in the store. I walked up to her to say hello, and she was also as surprised to see me. She explained that her mom stays in California, so she takes summer jobs there whenever she's on holiday. She worked at the store in school whenever it was in session. I found that really interesting because I kind of wondered how people balance schoolwork with part-time jobs. As a vet medicine major, I hardly found time to do mundane things like laundry and video games. So it's hard to imagine that other people work every day after lectures. When I asked her about it, she laughed it off and explained that it was either that or squatting in a friend's apartment. We talked for a while and then I turned to leave. Just before I left the store, it dawned on me that I didn't know her name. I walked back to her and properly introduced myself. She also introduced herself. Her name was Mandy. I collected her number and asked her when she was going to be free and if she wanted to hang out. She said sure and she gets the weekend off. I said okay and walked out of the store and to my apartment. That night, Dylan came home and I told him all about her. That dude was all like, yo, that girl sounds great, you should date her. I said no because I wasn't looking for romance at the time. I had just gotten out of a year-long relationship and I was taking time to focus on school. Anyways, we met up on a Saturday and talked over Froyo. She was an econ major. 
She wanted to go to music school and become a pro violinist, but that didn't work out. She was too scared to take the risk, so she stayed with what was safe, a business career. I totally understood and respected that. Sometimes people need to live in reality. Not everyone gets to follow their dreams and that's okay. Mine was even more embarrassing. I wanted to be an astronaut up until the time I got to the sophomore year of high school. It dawned on me one time, I was being eerily honest with myself. I didn't have what it took to work at SpaceX or NASA, so I dropped that aspiration and I decided to go with something I was actually good with, animals. Mandy and I kept talking till evening and when we were done, it was as though we had known each other forever. We started to hang out frequently and by the end of the second semester, we'd grown as thick as thieves. One day after the second semester exams, she invited me over to her apartment for a movie. I brought the popcorn and Coca-Cola, and we settled down to watch the movie. A while later, her roommate Duke stormed into the living room. I tried to say hi and introduce myself, but he didn't even spare me a second glance. He turned to Mandy and started to yell with an accent I couldn't quite place. He threatened to turn off the TV because the noise was disturbing his studying. I was so surprised because we made sure to reduce the TV's volume before the movie started. We practically had to strain our ears to listen. Mandy apologized and then she decided that we should use her laptop to see the movie in her room. Duke flashed me a cold stare, then he told Mandy to stay in the living room and that he was no longer studying anyways. Then he walked back into his room and shut the door. I asked Mandy what that was all about and she explained that Duke hated it when she brought people home, especially boys. He had asked her out once when they first moved in together, but she refused. Since that time, he had been less than unpleasant with her, always complaining about whatever she did. One time, she came home to see that he had thrown out all of her milk-based products just because he was lactose intolerant. One time, he walked into her bathroom just before she got into the shower. His excuse? She was using too much hot water. I was shocked by everything she had been facing. I asked her why she couldn't move to a different apartment with a different roommate, preferably a girl. She explained that the apartment was the best place to be. It was like the sweet spot between her workplace and school, and if she tried to move, it would be really inconvenient for her to get to work on time. That was why she kept up with him. I said okay, and we continued the movie. A few weeks later, the final years graduated, and I, along with some of his best friends, decided to throw a party. I invited Mandy, and we decided to hang out in the hallway. I could tell that she was pissed off about something, so I asked her what was wrong. She explained that she had a problem with her roommate again. She fell ill the day before, so her manager allowed her close early. She got home, only to find her roommate Duke sitting in the living room, but naked. But that wasn't the craziest part. He had one pair of her underwear in hand, and he was going to town with it. What? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It sounded so unbelievable, but Mandy swore that it happened exactly as she said, and I believed her. She knew she couldn't stay with him anymore, so she was planning to move out. I told her there must be another way. Dylan, my roommate, had graduated, so he was going to move out. I was also in need of a roommate. Mandy asked if she could move into Dylan's room, but I had other ideas. As she said, the apartment was closer to school and her workplace, and it wouldn't be easy for her to move around from my apartment to school and work. So instead, 
I decided that instead of her moving into my apartment, I should move into hers. Mandy told me that was impossible because Duke still lived there. I turned to her and told her that maybe it was high time he moved out. Mandy didn't understand what I meant, so I explained to her that instead of her leaving the apartment, we could force him to leave. We sat back for the next 30 minutes trying to brainstorm ways to get Duke to leave on his own. Eight bad ideas later, Mandy blurted out that if only she could get her hands on some snakes. I turned to her and asked why she said so. She told me he had an acute fear of snakes. He mentioned it the first time they moved in together. They were still kind of friends then. Well, before he revealed his true colors. Anyway, Mandy waved me off saying the plan's impossible because we couldn't get harmless snakes. I quickly reminded her that I was a vet medicine major. I knew people who could get me any type of animal. I told her to leave it to me. I reached out to a few friends, and in three days, I was knocking on Mandy's apartment with a backpack carrying one non-venomous water snake. We went over the plan one more time and waited in Mandy's room until Duke got back from wherever he went. We waited until he was in his room, then we waited some more till we were sure he was asleep. Then we crept into his room, opened the backpack, releasing the snake on his bed. We walked out and closed the door, then I went back to my hostel but not before making Mandy promise to call me as soon as something happened. The next day, I woke up with 13 missed calls from Mandy. I called her back, and she told me that the showdown happened less than two hours after I left. She heard Duke yell in terror from her room, and she rushed over, pretending to not know anything about it. Duke hurried out of that room that second and ran out of the house. He hadn't returned all that time. A few days later, Duke called Mandy to help mail him his luggage. He wasn't interested in staying in the apartment any longer, which was a win. We contemplated sending a snake to him inside his bag, but we decided not to because that would just be cruel for the poor snake. I moved in a week later, and I got to say, it was fun. I can imagine why it would be fun for a... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss OP after moving in there I'm just glad for Mandy's sake that this guy is gone and out of the picture our next story is I made my ex-girlfriend turned boss pay if I had been able to look through a crystal ball and see that the events that would take place after meeting Ella 
I definitely would not have chosen to talk to her that day in the bar. However, at that moment, I was a little tipsy and she caught my eye. So I told my friends I was going across the bar to the counter to talk to the lady wearing the red scarf. While they whooped and cheered, I got up and walked to her, confident that I could at least get her number. The moment she noticed me coming over though, that confidence quickly sunk. She had this piercing gaze that made me very anxious. It was like she was searching, trying to gauge me. It was like she was looking into my soul. Somehow, I managed to reach her and introduce myself. I said I'd noticed her from across the room and I was hoping to buy her a drink. She seemed completely unbothered and uninterested. At this point, I was thinking it probably would be a good idea to just walk away and count my losses, but then something changed and suddenly she was smiling. As piercing as her gaze was, it had nothing on her smile. It reached deep into you and tangled and mashed everything up, leaving you completely immobilized and speechless for a few seconds. At that moment, I wanted nothing more than to make her smile for as long as I lived. She pointed to the Donald Duck keychain on my belt loop and said that that was pretty funny. When I finally regained the ability to speak, I told her I could get her one if she wanted and then she laughed. That was it, I was completely gone. She introduced herself to me and we talked all through the night. Turns out we both worked in the same industry and work was one of our common interests. Right before she left, I got her number. I texted almost immediately. She seemed to like the fact that I was goofy and playful. Soon we were talking almost constantly and after a few dates, I asked her out and she said yes. In case it wasn't obvious, I was completely smitten by Ella. She remains perhaps the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And more than a few times, I had to ask myself if I was truly so lucky to get her attention. And she wasn't just beautiful on the outside too. Ella could light up the entire west coast with a laugh. And she had the charisma and charm to end wars or start them. I was truly in love and nothing mattered to me as much as Ella. The first few months of our relationship was pure bliss, and so perhaps that's why I didn't notice the red lights fast enough. First, there was the fact that she would insist that she would determine when we could see. I couldn't show up at her place without giving her at least a 24-hour heads up, which didn't seem weird to me. I just assumed that she liked to plan, but then it seemed to be extreme. It was like she had to schedule time together. Even when I got hit by a car and had to be sent to the ER, she didn't show up till our assigned time. Her excuse? She was busy and hadn't seen my dozen missed calls till she was free. There were other things too, like how she would suddenly cancel plans out of the blue, sometimes after keeping me waiting for hours. We had a few fights over it, but ultimately things seemed fine. I was mostly happy and when she was with me, I had her full attention and affection. One day, about eight months into our relationship, I asked her to move in with me. She told me she felt flattered with my request, but she couldn't move in with me. When I asked why, she said she was just too used to living alone. It was a little too soon for her to take a big step like that. Knowing my girlfriend well enough, I agreed that perhaps she needed a little more time. Later that week, I decided to surprise her at her apartment with flowers and a box of chocolates. And that was where I got the shock of my life. When I got to her apartment, the door was ajar. Afraid that she had been robbed, I went in, softly calling her name to find out if she was in. 
Her place didn't look robbed or trashed, but I saw clothes littering the floor, making a trail towards her bedroom. My heart sunk as I approached, scared of what I might see when I got to her room. With every step I took, my heart shattered over and over again. By the time I opened the door to her bedroom and saw her in bed with some guy, my heart had shattered to dust. I didn't even have the strength to scream or accuse. I just went down on my knees and wept. Through teary eyes, I barely saw them scamper out of bed, him angrily asking who I was while he wore his clothes. She tried pleading with him, but he just up and left, leaving me there still crying. Then Ella came to me and delivered the final blow. She unkindly said, This is why I always tell you to call ahead before coming over. If that wasn't enough, she told me to get out of her house. I was hurt so bad I could barely function for weeks. I had to apply for a leave and try to slowly piece myself back together. It was really bad for me, perhaps the worst time of my life, but my friends and family were there for me, and over time I slowly but surely recovered. Soon I started going out again, I started to smile, and I got over Ella. It took me years to completely recover, but I did. I started dating again, I got engaged, I figured I'd probably never see Ella again, and if I did, I'd be totally fine. I was wrong. One day at work, we were informed that a new head of accounting had been brought into our organization. It was a role that I was hoping to get after the last manager had moved to a new company due to me not only being qualified enough for the role, but because of my experience with the company. Management had decided to bring in someone, however, and to be honest, I was a bit miffed about it. As you probably would have guessed by now, it turns out that my new boss was Ella. I was so shocked when she came in, I had to go to the bathroom to get myself together. No sooner had she resumed, she called me into her office to discuss my productivity. When I walked in, she was smirking and staring at me in that soul-piercing way again. She said it was good to see me again and was trying to be civil. I responded likewise. She then said that she missed me and would I like to go out for a drink after work. I didn't see any reason not to, so I agreed. Later that evening, when we met, She apologized about how she had treated me and talked about what had happened after we had broken up. She had apparently gotten married two years ago and she and her husband had bought a new house. Her husband was a businessman who was always traveling. I updated her on the major events of my life she had missed too and I told her about my fiancé. However, as the evening wore on and she drank, she started getting a little more loose-tongued and handsy. Her husband's constant trips meant that she was mostly lonely, and she was quite bitter about it. Then she just straight out propositioned me. She wanted us to mess around, said she couldn't think of a better way to make it up to me. Not at all willing to cheat on my fiancé, I tried to kindly refuse her offer, but then she got really loud and started cussing me out, so I told her to go home and left her at the bar. When I woke up, I saw that she had left me a message. All it said was, You're going to regret this. Now I knew she was going to make my life as miserable as possible at work, but I underestimated just how far she would go. The morning after I rejected her offer, she was already waiting for me in my office. She made a big scene, calling me sloppy and saying that if my work ethic didn't improve, I was going to get fired. I tried to talk to her, but she had this steely look I had never seen on her face before. 
She said I'd have to review my work for the past year to her, no matter how long it took. Of course, this didn't excuse me from working on my current tasks. I was expected to do them both without error. For weeks after, I had to work overtime to keep up with work, surviving the entire day on coffee and inadequate sleep. I had discussed what was going on with Ella to my fiance Christina, and she was furious. She advised me to report to HR that I'd been sexually assaulted and I was now being overworked. But I really didn't have a solid case of sexual assault against Ella, and I knew whatever case I tried to build would fail. We also considered me quitting, but I didn't really think that would be the best option for my employability, so I stuck with the second option. I look for a new place to work. I applied to a few new places while going through the heck at the office with Ella. One day, she went too far. I got to the office and was immediately called by HR. I was a little confused as to why I was being summoned, and when I got there, I was shocked to be asked if I was responsible for an account on Twitter that had been tweeting racial and homophobic slurs. The account, which had been created a few weeks before, had my name and other info, and had so much of a mess that the company had been informed about it. I completely denied any knowledge of the account. They said they were investigating the issue, but at the moment I had to be placed on administrative leave to protect the image of the company. I was absolutely scared. If I lost this job this way, chances are I'd never be able to work in the industry again. Worse still, I would be forever known by everyone as the racist guy, and that would follow me forever. After all, the internet never forgets. So I prayed that the case didn't blow up more than it already did, and I got a tech guru to help trace the IP address to see if I could find a way to prove my innocence. I knew Ella had something to do with this, but I was more interested in clearing my name than implicating her. In a few days, and thankfully right before the account got suspended by Twitter, something came up. Apparently, the account had been tweeting from the public Wi-Fi of a cafe on the other side of town, which just happens to be close to where Ella told me she lived. While I couldn't submit this as proof that Ella was responsible, it did help prove that I couldn't have been the one operating the account, and so I resumed work once again. However, that wasn't the end of it. Ella had gone too far, and now I was ready for revenge. One bright Wednesday afternoon, I called Ella and told her I'd like to see her after work. After work, I walked into her office and told her I was done fighting and I was ready to do what she wanted. She smiled evilly and said that things had changed and so had the offer. She said she enjoyed watching me suffer, so she would carry on trying to ruin my life but that she wanted to spend the weekend with her for old time's sake. I told her she was being unfair, but I would do it. As I walked out, she laughed and said she was having a lot of fun. What she didn't know was that her fun was about to end and mine was about to begin, as I had recorded the entire conversation we had. That weekend, I refused to show up to her house and ignored all of her calls. She sent many angry texts with threats, and I saved those as evidence too. On Monday morning, I officially made a report to HR that Ella had been assaulting me and was responsible for the fake Twitter account in my name. I handed over the recording and screenshots of the texts as evidence. I had also sent the recordings and texts to her husband who was in Vancouver via email. Then I went to my office as if nothing had happened. 
Again, Ella was there waiting for me. As I walked in, she shouted that I was fired and that she'd make sure I never find work anywhere in the business anymore. She said I'd be lucky to get a job at a sweatshop after this, that she'd make my life so miserable I'd beg for death. I calmly told her to leave my office and go deal with her own issues. I think she could tell from the smirk on my face that I'd done something, so while she gave me the stink eye, she straightened up and slowly walked out of my office. That was the last I saw of her. In the days after I made my move, Ella got fired arrested for impersonation and hate speech, and got kicked out of her home and served divorce papers by her husband, in that exact order. I also got another win by being her replacement as head of accounting. Maybe one day I'll go visit her in prison to say hello. So there it is, the story of how I made my ex regret messing with me. I think I made the right decision considering the circumstances. What do you think? I'd actually be very curious to know what you guys do think in the comments down below. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.